Hi, this is Jeanette Creamore, or you may know me as JC. Welcome to Laugh, Learn, Lead, a podcast show that helps project sponsors, project managers, and their teams shape their project success stories. I'll be sharing interviews that bring a different perspective to what project success looks and feels like, as well as unpacking our conversations to provide insights and practical tips. Stay tuned and enjoy. Hi, listeners. Last episode, I caught up with Emma Sharrick. We talked about her book, The Agile Project Manager, what organizations are struggling with when attempting an agile way of working, what shapes team success, and the difference in a good and an awesome project manager. Today, I want to talk about the growth of a project manager and our career decisions. For me, um, I really believe there's not one single path to project management and that most of the people I know have fell into their first project role by accident. Um, It's either they were interested in um, a project, they were uh, good organisers, they had some analytical skills. For whatever reason, um, we kind of just ended up being in projects. I know for me, um, I was great at logistics and I worked in an IT um, uh, logistics are looking after the acquisition of all their equipment and then went into projects in a PMO governance role because I understood a little bit about end-to-end projects and of course and before that working with engineers of course that's where I got my real induction to project management so yeah so I think we all have our own um story or journey of um, our project careers uh, I wanted to just talk a little bit about what Emma mentioned and what we talked about, the difference between good and awesome project managers. Um, I think we all start off being good at our traditional project manager role um, and that's about getting uh, practising and getting really good at our schedules and our budgets and our issues and solving problems and um, cutting over to production, you know, my, all that traditional project management role. I also think that when we get that appetite to solve bigger problems and make greater impacts is actually where our desire to learn and grow and become leaders of change really um, bubbles up. And I think when that appetite starts to appear, I think that's when we start moving up the scale from being an average or a good project manager to being awesome. And I know awesome project managers leave a legacy of high-performing teams and outstanding results um, when they move on to their next um, opportunity. I want to talk and unpack a little bit about our career decisions uh, when we're either starting off um, in our project management journey or we're at a um, crossroads and don't really know where to go next. In my first episode of this podcast show, I uh, talked uh, in depth about my skills and my opportunities that I took on and where I learnt to grow. And I think it's not just about my curiosity to, to learn and be a better version of myself. I think it's because also I had people around me that I aspired to be like. And on reflection, I want to talk um, more about who they were and what was it about them in their behaviours, 
um, or their conversations that I went, yes, I, I want to be more like that. Um, so I'll start off with um, a boss that I had um, in Queensland Government. I've had several um, bosses in Queensland Government that have been amazing. Um, but for me, what this uh, executive director um, did for me was provided an opportunity and an environment where we could um, challenge the status quo and be comfortable that we weren't going to be um, shut down if we actually raised a suggestion or a better way of working. And I'm talking here in the, oh my gosh, in the um, late 90s. Um, and so this was really different where I'd come from a very uh, traditional process orientated background and this boss encouraged us to learn. And one of the things that she did every month was provided us a lunch and learn um, se you know, um, segment at, at, at uh, the office and where we'd bring along our lunch and she'd present a topic for the hour and we'd actually get to brainstorm and talk about what that meant for us. So it could have been everything from um, operational excellence. It could have been um, what a client uh, satisfaction looks like. It wasn't anything really to do with any specific project. It was more about a holistic view about um, people, which was quite different for me because, um, and there goes my phone that I forgot to turn off. Um, so that was very different for me to actually be in an environment where we were encouraged to um, to think differently and brainstorm and and be quite collaborative um, in our design of the way that we were going to work. Um, so she started to show me some awesomeness in her ability to get the best out of us um, as individuals, but more such as a collective group. And um, another thing that um, she did was also um, gave us justification or reasoning behind some of the um, bigger strategic decisions in the organisation. So as a government, uh, a large government agency, sometimes we were, you know, too far removed from some of the strategic decisions, but she was able to give an interpretation um, and a reasoning to us so that we actually knew why the change was happening. And so it gave us a sense of um, purpose or a sense of how we could contribute to that um, strategy, um, both directly and indirectly. So that was an, another thing that she gave me as a type of a, um, a character or a behaviour that I wanted to uh, adopt. And if I then move on to um, another example of someone that... Um, showed me some awesomeness in my career journey. It was um, a gentleman uh, that really um, protected us from a lot of the politics and allowed us to get the job done. And so what I learned from him was that um, no matter what you have to achieve in your team, you need to create the space and the 
environment for your team to be successful. And Emma and I talked a little bit about that and I gave the scenario of the um, the moat because that's kind of how he made me feel and I'm talking now in the early 2000s, mid-2000s, um, that we kind of were inside the castle and he shined a light on us for the right reasons. Um, he would say that we were doing a good job and then if we had anyone that was um, trying to disrupt us or or throw negativity amongst the team, he would protect us. And, and I just kind of had that analogy of, you know, he would stand out the front with his armour and, and deflect some of that so that we could not be distracted and get along um, and get the job done. Um, and probably the next person that... Um, awesomeness was um, probably my daughter and although she wasn't a boss I think um, having my daughter reach her kind of teenage years she taught me a lot about um, what matters most and that the things that I used to get stressed and um, caught up on in regards to you know perfection and um, I'm, and a coach mentor has you know, since taught me progress over perfection um, is is better. I think my daughter' ability to um, get me to really get in touch with what was important and what really mattered in my relationships um, was also another awesomeness, if that's a word, um, a lesson and time in my life. And more recently moving here to Melbourne, I've had a couple of amazing um, female um, bosses and both of these ladies provided me, um, I don't know what, I can't pinpoint it, but what I can say is that it was more the conversations and the conversations were always strategic and the conversations were always about, okay, how would you go about this, JC? Um, from your experience. So I think that was kind of that inclusiveness um, and also respect that I could bring skills to the table that that she may or may not have had and no doubt she did have but made me feel like a valued part of the team. So in short, um, I think if you went back, you know, 10, 20 years in your career, and the decisions you've made about the role you've taken on, the type of person that you have um, looked for to to model or shape your behaviour, and also what you've created as your environments when you've led project teams. If you took time to actually um, sit down for thirty minutes and jot and jot down what it is. Um, that you have achieved or not achieved and some of the uh, the opportunities that you've taken on, um, it'd be really good, I think, for you to reflect. Um, I do this quite frequently and I know that the growth of my um, maturity and my influence as a project leader has definitely um, been influenced by the people that I hang around with um, about the material that I read, but also about how I practice my own behaviours. 
So yes, yeah, so hopefully you'll you'll take thirty minutes or so and um, and reflect on your career decisions and. But more importantly, I think where you want to head next. And I've got um, three tips that I can share with you that I, I believe um, influence our decisions um, about our career choices and also about the type of project leader that you want to be. The first one is be self-aware, know your strengths. I'm, I have previously mentioned this in um, uh, another unpack, but this is definitely number one. If you don't take the time to work on yourself and understand more about what I call that's um, inside of you based on your beliefs and your values um, and your experiences, you go through your career um, really um, wondering um, if you're good or not. And I think there is awesome in all of us it's about understanding yourself so that you can actually make those adjustments to continually practice your strengths and be aware that when maybe you're not at your best, what are those triggers and how can you self-correct yourself so that you actually are always showing up being the best version of yourself for your project team. Um, The second tip is look for opportunities. Now, opportunities aren't always above you. They can be beside you. I think sometimes we might always want the higher level pay or the higher ranked title, but I believe project opportunities are beside us as well. And I think project opportunities um, might be about taking on a different change agenda. So you might have been traditionally involved in applications or business transformations um, that, you know, traditionally will include a lot of um, stakeholder engagement um, and process definition, et cetera. But maybe there's an opportunity just to the side of you that's looking at maybe some policy work and it's about defining policy or it could be some strategy work. It could be um, community consultation. So you still have your underlying skills um, around um, project management, um, uh, business analysis, um, stakeholder engagement, but maybe the opportunity might slightly get you involved with some different types of people. And so you're going to learn and grow that way. And the third tip is maintain your network. Um, I know for sure that this works. just from the people that I've interviewed in my podcasts that I'm so grateful for, they're people that um, I have met along my career um, journey and people that um, I believe um, add value to my network and I stay in touch with them. I touch base with them sometimes. Um, I seek out some advice if I'm not sure about something. Um, But also it's who they know. And so when you are looking for your next opportunity, Maybe it's even in your network. And so they're my three tips for you to to move up the scale of um, average or good project manager to being that awesome project manager or that change leader that organisations are wanting more of because you leave a legacy of high-performing teams and outstanding results. Um, 
as I sign off for today, and as always, I like to leave a quote from my um, previous um, episode. Um, and my favourite quote from Emma um, in our conversation was, the language of trust, why am I asking? Thank you for listening and I hope you have a few ideas to take action. I would love for you to rate and review the show. I too need feedback to learn. Cheers for now. Remember, a day without laughter is a day wasted. <laughs>